listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 44. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Hey there, Angela here from Angela Henderson Consulting, and welcome back to another episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm pumped to have the amazing Stevie on the show, where she's going to be talking to us about how to create an effective social media strategy and the four essential elements that you need in order to create the strategy. Super excited to have her, and she is the owner of Stevie Says Social. But before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my four-day, three-night exclusive women in business retreat, where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow in order to grow both in business and in life. This particular retreat is going to be held from October 24th through October 27th, 2019 at the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia, and it is an exclusive event where I will only be selling 50 tickets. From having eight of Australia's top female entrepreneurs speaking to surrounding yourself with amazing people that will lift you up both at the conference and after the conference, to daily masterminds to get individual help on your business from both your peers and the speakers, to amazing food, being able to sleep in and eat a meal uninterrupted, you're not going to want to miss this amazing four-day, three-night women in business retreat. To learn more about this event, head to and or to purchase your ticket, AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on retreat. Now, let's jump into the show with Stevie. Welcome to the show, Stevie. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We both live in Brisbane, so we are enjoying some beautiful weather at the moment, which is always good. Yes. I'm just down the road on the Gold Coast, but you know. Oh, yeah, Brisbane. Why did I think you were Brisbane? Maybe because I'm in brisbane I just moved back to the coast. That could be it. A little bit of an adjustment, but you know. (laughs) Are you liking it though? Yeah, it's good to be close to family. It's so funny. People are like, look, Brisbane was just an hour up the road, but I never got down and saw my mom, et cetera, enough. So it's good to be close to them. But I miss the city life. (laughs) (laughs) The city life. And it is the Gold Coast. We were just there on the weekend. It is very relaxed, you know, very touristy for a lot of part of it. Yeah. Brisbane definitely has a little bit more hustle and bustle, you could say. Yeah, it's nice though. We're right kind of near the beach. It's about a hundred meter walk. So I can't really complain. Oh gosh, now you can't complain about that. Yeah, yeah. Now, listen, before we hop into the episode today, I always like the audience to get to know our guests that are coming on. And so I just wanted to start with, tell us your favorite movie and why it's your favorite movie. Oh my God. I don't even know the last time I watched a movie. <laughs> I just got Netflix in the last week. Yep. Been like this complete revelation. I can see <laughs> completely unproductive because I've gone down the rabbit hole of like a thousand different shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me think. What did I love? I actually loved Almost Famous. Like I love all of those, you know, the band movies where it's like yes. these and yeah. I and they kind of they take fun. you. Do you like the movies that take you out of reality for a little while and that you get lost, or what do you yes, like? Yes, but I don't love. Okay, so I'm not a Game of Thrones person. Okay, I don't like either. anything that's like medieval, set back in the day. Like I like knowing. I don't know. I like the more modern ones, but. <laughs> 
Yeah, you like the modern ones. Yeah, and I'm with you, man. The Game of Thrones, I've never watched an episode. I've never watched it. And I say that to somebody that watches Game of Thrones and they're just like, I don't understand. I know, like death stares. It's like, yeah. what do you mean you've never watched it? No, I'm with you. I'm, all right, so Almost Famous, you like getting out of reality and you've just become, you're no longer a Netflix virgin. You are, do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah, I right. went down the rabbit hole of Animal Kingdom. So I literally watched, I think there were three seasons and yeah. I watched it over two weekends and just was completely horrified that I'd been so unproductive. Yep, and you're like, and I've just watched 84 hours. Yeah. All, all back to back. What business <laughs> do I have? Because like a show finishes and then it just automatically goes to the next one and you're like, sure, I'll just watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're like, boom, boom, thanks for coming. Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of businesses, which again, you've been slightly unproductive now due to your Netflix binge watching, but tell us a little bit about your business so the listeners get a little overview of what you do before we jump in today's episode. Sure. So my business is Stevie Says Social and basically I teach people how to lift their social media games. So anyone that is looking to DIY their socials basically and understand the strategy behind what they're doing rather than just kind of randomly posting and all of the tactics, um, I basically teach people how to do that. So I've got a podcast, a membership, and I also have a shop with a whole heap of templates and resources. No, fantastic. And we were just talking before we hit record, obviously there are big changes, as we know, constantly changes are happening with social media collectively. But, you know, Mari Smith just released over the last few days, some changes that are coming again with Facebook groups. So how important um, now do you think that it has ever been before to have a solid social media strategy? It's so important. Like it's really hard. I feel for people that are just kind of diving in and kicking off now because I even think of, you know, I kicked off two and a half years ago and the algorithms and the way that kind of reach was, um, you know, the content that was being shown to your audience, it was completely different then to even how it is now. So, you know, the things that worked a year ago don't work now. Like there's a lot of principles that are still the same and they're timeless, but the features and the tactics change and it's only getting harder. So you can't just open an Instagram account or a Facebook account and start posting and cross your fingers and hope for the best, which is the social media strategy a lot of new businesses uh, roll out. So it's really important to have a plan, know your business objectives and know how you're going to get there as well. No, so I couldn't agree more with that because I know when I first started Finley and Me, what, nine years ago in September, it was literally, you could post anything and the reach was phenomenal. You were getting likes left and right. The engagement was crazy and you weren't paying anything. You know, you yeah, could post your blog pay. posts. Um, the days of when we were on like Thermix giveaways, you know, and like, it was crazy what mm. we used to be able to get away with, you know? Yeah. And now, though, um, one of the things like Mike, Mike Stelzner talked about in another one of my episodes from Social Media Marketing World this year is, you know, though the changes are coming, how important do you think it is? And again, we were talking about this earlier, too, is that there's going to be a large percentage of the audience who's going to go, oh, great, there's more changes. What are we going to do? And they're going to spend more time complaining about it versus, you know, more time trying to be productive and proactive around just figuring out what they need to do to change their strategy. And again, if you look at what my strategy was nine years ago compared to what it is, it is completely different. But I've had to adapt based on what Facebook says, what Instagram says, LinkedIn says. Do you think, do you know what I mean? People just yeah. need to start adapting? Definitely, 100%. And it actually like, makes me a little bit grumpy when I see people, whenever there's a big change. So there was a big change the beginning of, God, was it this year? I can't even remember. This year or last, yes. Last year. Um, 
there was a massive change around, you know, uh, the reach on Facebook, for example. And I remember looking in Facebook groups and, you know, everyone was like, I'm going to get off social media and this is ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. And it really makes me a little bit grumpy because at the end of the day, social media is an amazing platform. There is no doubt, regardless of who your ideal client is, that there is a social media platform where they are hanging out. And it's a matter of either spending time and or spending money. And yes, you do need to invest, you know, in one or both to either learning or paying for, you know, exposure to those people. And if you do that, it 100% works. There is absolutely no question about it, you know? No, and and that's the thing is if some people will put time and energy into, say, mega, magazine <laughs> uh, yeah. publications. And I'm like, really? How are you even measuring what that is? Like Facebook yeah. is actually giving you tools to be able to measure your reach, your engagement. Target your so specifically, like you might pay, and I still think of this because I used to work as a marketing manager and I used to, you know, you know, put um, budget into billboards and things like that. And when you think of that, like you're paying a big chunk of money for a whole heap of people to drive past a billboard when, you know, maybe 5% of those people are your ideal client and you're paying a whole heap of money for the wrong eyeballs to see your content. Whereas if you invest, you know, if you invested the same amount of money into a Facebook or Instagram advertising campaign or a really targeted influencer campaign where you are actually able to pinpoint who your ideal client is and serve ads just to those people, so 100% of the eyeballs are the right people, the, the potential is huge, you know. It's massive, you know, yeah. massive. And I also wonder sometimes, are people scared or their belief systems or what is it a combination that sometimes I think maybe people are like, damn, I don't actually want to get this big or yeah. what would it mean for my business if I do get these eyeballs going and I don't have the systems in place? I actually um, think that's such a good point. And you probably see this in your business coaching, Ange, but I see it where I see that it kind of manifests the most is when people go from, okay, they want to learn the organic social media strategy and they want to learn what works in terms of using social for free, but they're scared to invest and believe in themselves by actually spending money on things like paid campaigns. That's where I see that it really kind of, um, comes out the most. Yes. And because whenever you, now again, I should cave it. There are always some douchebags that don't know what they're doing and do take people's money. I was part of that when I did my last launch. I mean, that was a disaster. I interviewed 15 of the top uh, Facebook ad strategists Mm. from around the world. And the one that I chose was horrific. That was like a whole nother, like they were targeting third world country people for my likes campaign. My account got blocked. You know, I had to go back into like, it was a disaster. And I was paying them copious thousands and thousands of dollars just to manage my account, not to mention my ad spend. So there are douchebags out there. So I always say, you know, when you do look at getting your Facebook ads campaigns up, reach out to people who are like credible and that will link you to the right people. Now, again, you will probably always have to pay for a management fee for things to be done, you know, well. Now you can invest in learning Facebook ads yourself and there's a variety of different courses that you can do that with. Um, However, it comes down to to your, to your time and is it yes. your zone of genius? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was happy to find someone else and we've been doing really, really well and all that has worked out. So you, it's never a safe proof either. I always no. like sure. Um, but yeah. when you can do it, absolutely. Like, yeah. And I would say like in terms of, cause it can be really hard for a small business, right? They're like, look, I 
community and especially for someone that doesn't have any background in digital at all like the Facebook ads manager is overwhelming but what I would say is that there is a lot of benefit in at least learning the basics getting in there and being familiar with how it works yes 100% like up to about a $500 a month ad spend you would need to do it yourself in order to make it viable because you know you're going to pay an ad management fee of generally you know throwing a number out there and obviously can be less and it can be more depending on whether you're going to use a freelancer or an agency, but at least kind of, you know, $600 for a small boutique agency a month to manage your Facebook ads. So you need to be comfortable in investing enough into Facebook and Instagram advertising to cover that management fee. And then your ad spend, you know. And ad so, spend is on top. Yeah, yes. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. And that's so, where some people get confused. Oh, okay, I'm happy to pay that. But then they're like, but what do you mean I have to pay ad spend? Do you mean the yeah. management fee to set everything up? And then the man, and then the ad spend is very different. The other thing that people forget too is that e-commerce setup is very different to service-based setup. Very different. Sometimes you will pay even more for an e-commerce setup strictly because of the complexities that go with having an e-commerce business. Yes. So, you know, it is important, you know, to go. Now, I don't want to get into all the nitty-gritties about the Facebook ads, but because you and I could probably talk an entire episode (laughs) about that. But I think it is important to let the listeners know about the importance of Facebook ads and the opportunity you have, regardless of the algorithms and Facebook making those changes. And again, ultimately, the your growth is in your hands. You can either whine yeah. about the changes or you can take action and be proactive, but you're the one driving the seat. Yeah, it's so true. And like one thing, final thing I'll say about Facebook ads is, you know, it is getting more expensive. Like I remember two years ago, I'd pay a hundred dollars and get 300 leads. Now I pay $300 and I'm, you know, lucky to get a hundred leads, but mm-hmm. That is still, if you can kind of like do the maths and you can work out your numbers and things, it is an it is a scale scalable kind of thing. So you can actually get to a point with your Facebook ads once you know what your numbers are, where you can put a certain amount in and have a certain level. It's never a hundred percent sure and things obviously fluctuate, but a certain level of certainty that you're going to get a certain return on ad spend. So it's hugely valuable if you, you know, get past that small business startup point and you can invest some money in it, you can really scale your business. And I think you may, you raised a very good point there again. And something that I do with my own coaching clients is that it is important to know your numbers. Yeah, it's critical. I think that's where the nervousness comes from. If people don't understand that, they feel like they're just throwing money into Facebook and it's like throwing money on black in roulette, you know, at the casino. Here we go, roll it out. But it's, you know, once you actually kind of get, and there are some core numbers you need to know, and that's a whole different podcast episode. Then you can have a lot more certainty around your spend and things like that. No, I couldn't agree more. So now listen, today we're going to talk about how to create the effective social media strategy. And for you, I know that we've talked about that, that you believe that there's four key elements. So are you able to kind of give us an overview overview about how to create the effective social media strategy, what those, those four elements are, and then we'll dig down a little bit further into each element once you give us that overview? Yeah, for sure. So basically, the frustration that I was finding, so I've come up with a bit of a framework for putting together a killer social media strategy, but mm-hmm. just to give you some background on where it's come from, I had a lot of clients and customers that were coming to me and they were kind of like, Stevie, I'm not having any success with social media. I need help with insert thing here. And it would generally be like, I need help with my hashtag strategy, or I need help with the best times to post on social media. And 
what I found is that they were kind of like super random tactics that people were going down the rabbit hole <laughs> on without having like an overall strategy, right? And so like 99.999% of the time, they come to me and say, I need help with my hashtag strategy, but that was never the root of the problem. Right. And realized, you know, they didn't have the full strategy sorted. So even before, so the four elements I'll go into, but even before then, like you need as a small business, getting on social media to know why you're doing it. So you need to be really clear. And I like to do this in 90 day kind of um, periods of time. So I feel like it's a kind of achievable, you can see the finish line period of time to shoot for. So what are your business objectives in the next 90 days? Like, what is it that you want to achieve? Like, do you want to increase your market share by 10%? Do you want to increase your leads by XYZ? Do you want to make XYZ more profit? Do you want to bring on to whatever it is, right? Then from there, you can actually start to set social media goals that are aligned to achieving that. And so so when I say social media goals, what I mean, and it generally kind of goes in order. So if you're just starting out, you'd start at the top and go on, but it's building an audience. So growing a following, then it's making sure that that following is engaged and they're liking what you're posting. Then it's actually getting people off social media into a platform that you own. So building things like your email subscriber list and building your website traffic. And then it's leads and sales. And it kind of goes in a little bit of a flow from, you know, start to finish. So you need to set number one, your business objectives. Then you need to set some social media goals. Once you have that, then you need four elements in order to succeed. And so basically those four elements are brands. So before you even post on social media, you need to know what your brand is. And when I say brand, I mean, you need to know things like your points of difference. What's your brand personality? How are you different to every other insert business here? Mm -hmm. Um, And then representing that kind of visually and with your words on social The second thing is social media and content. So having a really strong social media presence um, and also kind of optimizing your accounts and having a strong content strategy. So most people start here, they just like go into the social media vortex and start posting and just keep posting and posting and posting. And they don't get the other three elements, right? But it is still, obviously it's social media. It's still a really important element, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the, that's the, the brand side of things. So a lot of people say that's the fluffy side, brand and social media, but (laughs) I've built an entire business with it. So it absolutely works. It's just a slower burn. And then the two kind of, if you're looking at it as a quadrant, the two on the bottom end are kind of the business end. And so the third essential element is, um, is a sales funnel. So a simple funnel for getting people off social media and actually selling to them. And then finally traffic. So proactively getting off your own social media accounts, going to where your ideal client is hanging out on social media, letting them know that you exist and then bringing them back and into your kind of sphere. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's important for those that are starting out? This is something that again, I hear everyone like you need a social media strategy. You need a social media strategy. But again, I'm under, oh, well, I believe it's best to choose one or two platforms and do those really, really well than to try and do Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, newsletters, and everything else. Because I find that small business owners are already so overwhelmed, overworked, and overconsumed with like what they should be doing. Then it's just another thing. And then I find they're stretching themselves so thin that they might only post once every four months on LinkedIn and then once every two weeks on Instagram. And then they're not actually getting any traction with any platform. What are your thoughts about that? 
Yeah, and that kind of that is having a social media strategy, you know, like if you kind of go, okay, so what are my available resources? What are my business objectives? And then from there you can kind of say, okay, cool, what can I reasonably achieve in the next 90 days that are going to help me kind of move towards whatever my business objectives are? And so a lot of the time developing a social media strategy won't be this like big beast of a thing that includes every social media platform platform out there and every strategy out there because it's overwhelming. But it's like, okay, so my ideal client is this person. Here's two channels where they're hanging out. I can reasonably with my resources uh, have a good presence on both of those channels and I can implement a few different strategies in the next 90 days that are, gonna, that are going to move me closer to my goals. So having a social media strategy doesn't need to be a big beast. At the end of the day, it's just a plan to get you to where you want to go. No, perfect. And would you... Do you think that different people, what, how would they best know that their ideal client? Because again, I also think that it's important that they're choosing the platforms where their ideal client is yeah. sitting on. Um, do you have any tips about how people should be assessing where their ideal client is actually sitting so they can narrow down to those two platforms, say, to start with, if that's what their available resources are? Totally. Ask them. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's groundbreaking and there's there's definitely other ways that you can go about it. So knowing your ideal client is, uh, it's kind of like one of those marketing things. And I remember before I got into marketing, I'd hear people say it and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to know your ideal client. I get it. Like, let's get onto the fun stuff, right? Yes. But it's so, so important for everything. Most importantly, where they're actually hanging out online. So once you know who that person is, and I always like to think of a specific person, um, you can actually go to them and say, hey, what social media platforms are you using? Where are you hanging out online? Um, that's the best way to go about it. There's also really good resources. If you're in Australia, it used to be called the Census Report. I believe it's called the Yellow Pages Report now, but it's a really comprehensive yearly report that comes out that basically um, basically tells you what, which different demographics are hanging out on which platforms, how they're using those platforms, and a whole heap of useful information for helping you out with your strategy. No, but that's fantastic. And the other thing is, if those of you are sitting there going like, oh, I, like, yeah, I keep hearing about this ideal client. I don't really know where to start or what to do. On my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au, on the homepage at the very bottom, you can download a 10-page free uh, ebook that goes into knowing your ideal client more. Because so many, often I'll hear things like, oh, yeah, my ideal client's between 40 and 80. And I'm like, yeah. eh, wrong answer. You know, you yeah. really need to be thinking about your ideal client. You can have multiple now I will say like tiered ideal clients right yeah. so you have the one person that you're speaking to and of course you're gonna have other people you're speaking to but ultimately it's like would Johnny want to be seeing this on social would Johnny yeah. be finding this helpful would Johnny um, be engaging with this particular content or would Johnny hate this content you know you really totally. need to be thinking about naming that person I know a lot of people will go back to let's just say Johnny's a 38 year old male who likes fishing etc they'll go to whatever it was 38 Eight years ago, I think that would have been 1981. I think if you went to 1981, and they'll actually choose one of the top 
favorite names of the people that were born in that particular (laughs) year. And they'll name Johnny or Susie or whatever based on the year that they were born. And yeah, I also know a friend of mine, um, James, he will also go in and like, uh, he worked with a company and they had like mannequins. And when they would go into work every day, they would see their top two ideal clients and they were dressed in a particular way and they would (laughs) high five them as they were going into work. So again, I know it's like sounds very cliche, but it is super important to be able to know when you're looking at creating a social media strategy that you know who you're creating it for in order to get the most out of that particular strategy if not you're just throwing spaghetti against the wall and yeah. hoping that it sticks uh, speaking my language <laughs> I before, but so it's not just important though for what content you're going to serve them it's actually super important for knowing like for informing the strategies in your social media strategy. So for example, if you know that, you know, your ideal client is 36 and female and, you know, she has two kids, you can find the influences online that that person follows and you can, you know, look at doing an influence marketing campaign or you can go into Facebook audience insights and I would highly recommend that you do this because it's a gold mine mm-hmm. of information and you can, you know, put in, okay, 36-year-old female Australia and it will give you honestly like 30, 40, 50, 60 businesses that most of the people within that demographic follow. And you can look at doing sort of collaborations with them or a competition featuring one of their products or, you know, it's just so, so important because it will inform literally everything that you do. And it's also when you get to paid advertising and you no longer want to be testing the organic, you don't want to just be throwing thousands of dollars, hoping, you know, who your, you know, ideal market is that are going to buy your course or it can be an expensive mistake to to make. Like I just know I'm personally running some Facebook ads at the moment for an upcoming launch and I can actually dive in. Like I originally, you know, set 27 to 54 year old females. And as those ads started to run, my cost for those ads were triple for anyone that was over 45. So they're clearly not resonating with my content. And if I didn't know that, then I would keep running those ads and it would be expensive. So it can be a really expensive mistake once you actually start investing in your social media marketing strategy. So yes, the importance of knowing your ideal client. Now let's dig down a little bit deeper into each of these four elements that you talk about on being able to create an effective social media strategy. So element number one on how to create an effective social media strategy. Do you want to talk us through a little bit more about that? Yes, brand. I have love hard eyes for branding. (laughs) (laughs) I always think like if I wasn't in social media, I should have been a branding. (laughs) See how important it is. And what I have found is that it's often the missing element because it's such sometimes an intangible thing. So people, you know, would come to me and they're like, you know, I've been posting on social, I've been doing this, this and this. And it actually comes back again to your ideal client. It's very, very closely aligned, but you need to make sure that your business resonates with your ideal client. And basically the way that you give your business a personality is by branding it. So one of the cool little exercises that I like to get people to do in this kind of section of the four essential elements is to think about three words that when they close their eyes, what are three words that really sum up the way that you would want your business to be seen by other people? And so like for me, I've got fun and intelligent. So I have two and they're kind of like opposing words, but they're both really, really important to me. And so what I do is I kind of close my eyes and then I think about, okay, cool. 
when it comes to my brand, how can I visually and with my words represent those two words um, on my social media channels? So for me, the fun side is everything that I do is like pink and tropical and bold and out there. And that's the fun side, right? But then, Mm -hmm. you know, with my brand tone of voice, that's also really conversational, but I make sure that everything that I write in my captions, for example, is really intelligent and that people get something from it. So that's like a really simple way of kind of working out how your brand actually aligns with what you're doing on social. You need to know who your client is and you need to know what sort of personality you want to represent that would resonate with that person. And then you need to go, okay, cool. How can I visually end with my words? And I keep saying words because it's actually one of the most forgotten but important elements of social media. How can I actually represent that in a way that kind of speaks to my ideal client? In words, again, I think, for example, on Instagram, people think that it's just a pretty picture, but actually with the changes in algorithm, it's the words that are going to get people over the line for you and in potentially into that funnel. And so it's no longer, again, what used to work is no longer working. People are actually reading these and, you know, that's where you need to be super mindful about what are you actually saying the image is just there kind of as a buffer people want to get to know you what you stand for how are you helping them how are you solving a problem and ultimately you want to then be able to help them and get them into that funnel yeah absolutely and it just comes down to like because I know that a lot of people for example with their words and their captions and things they struggle but it just comes down to like if you're clear on your brand and you have those three words and you constantly keep that in mind you'll be really clear on the way that you want to speak on social media and it's not just your captions it's also how you speak in things like your Instagram stories are you fun and you know conversational are you really um you know, uh, nurturing in the way that you speak, like all of that is made so much easier when you understand the brand piece. And I see people get so confused with brand, like they confuse it for, you know, a logo or whatever, yes. but it's actually really understanding the personality of your business. And it just makes everything you do on social media so much easier. Cause you're not questioning, should I write like this or should I write like this? Or should I use this picture or does this photography style match? Because everything will be consistent. And that's the other thing. Once you have it, you need to be super consistent about rolling it out consistently across all of your social media platforms. Yes. And and I think, again, brands, your logo and your color palettes are part of it. Do you know what I mean? But that is only a small percentage. But like you said, like if you're looking at the words, you're looking at the pictures. Again, the colors too. Like I love the color pink. People, do you know what I mean, know that about me. I also love Nutella. That's a side note. But (laughs) I do love the color pink. And it is. It's something that is very dominant in my stories. It's very dominant, do you know what I mean, when I do my presentations, my webinars, because that's also part of my brand identity and that people can start to identify me legit like people send me bottles of Nutella because they're like Angela's at the supermarket and I thought about you it's it's also about how are you leaving that memory you know within your audience so that when they do um need you or want to draw on you or listen to your podcast or whatever that they've got something embedded in their brain that stimulates them to think about you yeah that's really smart Ange. like that actually comes into the next element. So once you've got your brand sorted, having social media and content 
like having a plan basically that incorporates three elements. And so what I always say is you need value content. So if you're a service-based business, it's really valuable, educational, inspirational, whatever suits your brand content that makes you the go-to person in your field. If you're a product-based business, it's about providing value and selling the lifestyle. But the second element, which is really relevant to what you just said, and it's super important when you're putting together a social media strategy and a content plan, is you need to have especially with the algorithms and the way they work these days, an element. And so for service-based, I would say up to 75% of your content is this and value content. And for a product-based business, about 25%, but it's connection content. So it's content that isn't necessarily directly related to the service or the product that you provide, but it's things like you know, your love for Nutella or other connection points that you can make with your audience that are a little bit more personal, that digital storytelling works really well as well, the behind the scenes. That is the content that people resonate with. And when people resonate with it, it gets engagement. Content that gets engagement gets shown to more people with the Facebook and Instagram algorithms and how they work. And that is ultimately how you succeed at the end of the day. And also in regards to getting shown and working with the algorithms, to me, it's that credibility, trust and authority, you know, that it's like they get to to know that you're treating them. And I'm really, really big about human to human marketing that, again, you're treating them like humans and not just numbers, that you're showing up and that you're being present on an ongoing, consistent basis and that you're not just there when a launch happens. You're not just there because you're trying to sell something. You're not just there to blow smoke up their asses, that you're genuinely there because you want to be there and that you're happy to share all elements. I mean, within reason, all right, doing shots of tequila off of a naked body, not so much. Okay? <laughs> but if it suits your brand personality. I mean, if it, it is your brand personality and you may do, I don't know. Um, I know a lady who is doing, um, what is it? The pole dancing, do you know what I mean? For exercise, like again, yeah. that does fit into the brand. Okay. But <laughs> for probably the majority of us, probably not so much, right? So you still need to be checking your boundaries and does it fit within, do you know what I mean? What needs to uh, be a good representation of who you are and your brand? Yes. But yeah, like it's, it's all these things that you, you know, you don't have to overcomplicated just treat people like humans and not numbers yes actually be able to create that connection content naturally people will work with you you know like you could be and this is particularly relevant for service businesses or anywhere where you're kind of selling your expertise but you know if somebody's deciding between two for example really qualified lawyers and you've been providing really great educational content on your social media channels and they're like right okay cool both of these lawyers potentially they know their stuff the difference between whether someone's going to work with you or with the other lawyer is whether they like you and if you don't have that content on your social media channel that basically showcases a little bit of your personality and makes that person that's following you kind of go you know what I like that person I resonate with them and I'd like to work with them then ultimately they're not going to go with you they're going to go with the other person so it's really important to have that mix like you've got to have the value content you've got to show that you know your stuff you've got to have that connection content and If you're a service industry, it might be the more personal stuff. You know, if you're a product-based business, it's your brand story and things along those lines. And then that needs to be the majority of your content. Then you can promote a little bit because you've earned the right to do that, you know? No, I couldn't agree more. And I just think it's something that people are overcomplicating and they don't need to be. 
you know, like really like, oh my goodness, what am I going to post today? Well, just like, and again, content is everywhere. I could post the picture of my plant right now and still bring it back to my brand, you know? So like, I think people overcomplicate it because they're seeing everything around to be picture perfect. But if you look really closely, the brands on Instagram anyways, and on Facebook who really start to tell a story, they're the ones that actually have the most imperfect images, but have the best engagement. So, you know, think about that. So yeah. Yeah. Totally. I could not agree more. And that's, yeah, I mean, there's other things that you can do in that social media and content element of it. And this is probably where people fall down the rabbit hole a little bit. So once you've got your content sorted, it's, you know, things like having a hashtag strategy that, you know, is bringing the right people in. It's things like making sure that you're checking your analytics and you're only, you know, uh, replicating the content that's working well. It's things like posting at the right times. But All of those things are important. They'll move the needle a little bit, but if you don't have your brand sorted and then have a killer content strategy incorporating that value, connection, promotion then you're not going to go very far when it comes to that side of things. So, yeah. And you may be banging your head against the wall wanting yeah. to drink an ounce of wine, <laughs> which I wouldn't do. media vortex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now element three on how to create an effective social media strategy. Do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah, so this is uh, another one of my favorites because it's the one thing that I think is often missing. So the thing with social media is at the end of the day, it's a conversation starter. So it's where people are hanging out, right? It's not the deal closer. So it's not generally, oh, this is changing a little bit, especially with checkout for Instagram coming in and we can talk about that. But Mm -hmm. um, generally, people are not... Um, selling directly from Instagram. So you need to have and any other social media channel. I'm just using Instagram because we've been talking about it. But mm-hmm. basically you need to have a way to get people off your own social media channel. So you develop the relationship on social media. You get people to know you, to like you, to warm up to you. And then you take that relationship onto your website and ideally into your email list because it's an asset that you own and because I don't care what people say, email is still the highest converting marketing channel out there. I have amen, amen. a million e-commerce and service-based businesses and there is absolutely zero exception to that. Um, yeah, so you basically need to have a simple sales funnel. So it's called a selling system. And a lot of the time, this is offering something of value um, in return for an email address. And you need to have that as a way of basically channeling people from social media where they don't want to be sold to, to ultimately making the sale. Mm-hmm. And again, so the the selling system, sales funnel, et cetera. What is that? Do you know what I mean? It can be different for everyone. You know what I mean? Yep. The top of funnel to the end of funnel, right? Totally. So bottom of funnel. But for example, on Instagram, I was at Social Media Marketing World and Tyler McCall, a good friend of mine now, was talking about the power of the DM. And yes. so, you know, getting them is from your, instead of going, hey, at the bottom of a caption, go to www.angelahenderson.com.au. Go, hey, if you're interested in X, Y, and Z, send me a DM and I'll message you right back. So his start a funnel, all right, is starting in the DM versus actually getting them to the site. And then he gets them into the DM, starts building that human to human relationship, and then will lead them in, do you know what I mean, to wherever X, Y, and Z. It could be the freebie, it could be the opt-in, it could be the masterclass, et cetera, to get to know him a bit more. But again, again, they're calling it the power of the DM right now. I think it, I love that. I was actually talking to a friend of mine yesterday. So when I say that you don't sell on social media, what I actually wanted to say was there's two exceptions to that. One is e-commerce with Instagram shoppable and checkout. 
The other is DM and she's actually a business coach, the girl that I was talking to. And so her sales funnel is essentially she is on stories and on Instagram lives all the time. And she's obviously developing that relationship there. Super important when you're a service business, right? You want people to see you and all of that sort of thing. But then she makes offers. So she makes offers directly from her Instagram stories and does exactly what Tyler said, basically invites them into a DM and basically has the sales conversation still within Instagram, but in a more private platform. And once they kind of go through that, she's qualifying them. And then literally the last part of her sales funnel is sending them the link to buy. That is her sales funnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like super powerful. Now, like you said, it's not going to work for everyone, but even if someone, like you said, do you have a question? Hey, DM me, do you have this? Like, and then I could, I personally could send them to my podcast. I could send them to a blog article. Um, I know a lot of my clients, they're service-based and they're getting questions like, how can I do this? How can I do this? And she'll, she'll respond and go, Hey, great question. Have you read my latest blog post? And then at the end of the blog post, there's a content upgrade to get them on yeah. the emailing list. Right. So she's basically got like all these, um, pasted, you know I mean, copy and paste type canned responses that she can just pop into the DM. So your, your sales funnel could start in the DM. Your sales funnel could be leading them to your website. But whatever that is, you need to start getting clear because you don't want to just be posting on social media and doing element number two really well without bringing them into your funnel. Because then if not, you're just having a hobby. It's not actually a business. Yeah. And honestly, that is the biggest mistake that I see people make. They get number two sorted and then they're like, well, but I'm not selling. What's the go? And and it's honestly more than anything else. It breaks my heart because I'm like, oh, you're just missing, you know, a little part element of it. And like, it doesn't need, like there's a million different sales funnels. Like if you're e-commerce, it might literally be Instagram shoppable, get people onto your website, remarketing to the people that have been on your website to a sale. It's as simple as that. For a service-based business, it might be a Facebook ad with, um, basically sending people to a blog post from the blog post, like you said, some sort of content upgrade from the content upgrade, a series of valuable emails leading to an invitation to book a consult call, for example. So they don't need to be groundbreaking. They can be complex, but that's where people get, um, Again, they overthink it. Caught up. Totally. They overthink it and they'll never, they never actually get to the point where they do it. I think it's always better to, especially with this sales selling system stuff, get one up and running and test from there. Literally like use the shortest path to get it running and then you can optimize from there. And testing is something that will be, you'll be testing no matter where you are in business. You could be a billionaire. You're still testing at all times, you know? Totally. And so then Um, our last element on number four on how to create an effective social media strategy is your traffic you talk about. Yeah. So traffic is basically, again, getting out of the social media vortex, which is like posting on your own accounts. I always liken it to like, if you sit at home and you get all dressed up and then you just like sit on the couch and wait for Mr. Right to come and knock on the door. (laughs) And I had a friend say the other day, well, that could happen because there's Tinder now. And I was like, completely ruined my analogy. (laughs) But it's basically being really, really proactive about growing your audience. And so what I mean by that is Going back to the ideal client, where are they hanging out on social media? Because guaranteed they are hanging out somewhere on social media. So you need to find out where that is. And what I find, like I have tested a gazillion different traffic strategies. The four that consistently work the best if you get them right are Facebook and Instagram advertising. 
collaborations, so collaborating with similar but non-competing businesses and cross-pollinating your audiences. Influencers, if they have a genuine influence and if you have the budget and you're willing to invest in a paid influencer campaign and competitions can work really well as well if you do them the right way. Yes. And I know with Finley and me, we ran, we went from like, I think it was, again, I'd have to go back to my notes, but we were either at 4,500 or 9,500. And within that year, we'd gone up to like 20, 20 something thousand on my first business, you know, through collaborations and yes. giveaways because it was, they had the same ideal client that I needed and just that, and they already had built. And then I had a different, um, like number, you know, but it like, I got mine from like markets and different places. So we're like, well, if we pull these two together, we naturally can grow without taking away from either of our businesses. And it complemented beautifully. And the reward was beneficial for both parties. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. And honestly, like if you're, because a lot of the time, like I, I hear, um, it's interesting to say, to hear that it worked for you for a product-based business, but I often hear service-based businesses, they'll say, I can't use influence marketing. I can't see how it would work for me. And that's where I always say collabs work so well. Like, and it can be as simple as, for example, interviewing a similar but non-competing business on, you know, your blog or doing a joint Instagram live because when you do that, it shows it to both levels, you know, both of your audiences Mm. on Instagram and it's just cross-pollinating your audiences, you know, like it's just such a great organic way to grow. It's how I grew in the early days. Like I literally went out to people that I admired that I knew had a similar target audience and I basically said, hey, can I interview you on my blog? And then I'd send them the links and they would share it on their own social media channels and people would come over and they would check me out. And I did that without any paid budget in the early days. So similar to you, Ange, and it just worked so well. It's a, and I also think that again, for when I hear businesses, service or e-commerce that go, oh, well, you know, we've got the same, you know, we're going to be competing against each other. I always look at there's always room for everyone. And yeah. I always go, that's a mindset shift that needs yes. to happen. And I just go genuinely, you know, I interview other business coaches and people are like, well, why would you do that? I'm like, but why wouldn't I? Yeah. Like, like, I'm like, but you know what I mean? They're nice people. They're they're, And I also think that some, like some people that work with me as a business coach might not relate to them, but other way around, I could be working with someone and go, you know what? Maybe we're not the right fit. Maybe I'm not teaching you how you need to be taught. Let mm-hmm. me connect you with such and such because it should never be about yeah. me. It should always be about who I'm helping. Yes. And I'm not going to be right for everyone and everyone's not going to be right for me. But if I've got a list of people that I can refer to, then the world's a better place ultimately anyways. I think that comes down to, I actually did a podcast episode about this because I had interviewed Helen and Jackie from Two Girls and a Laptop Mm -hmm. and it came up in the context of the conversation. But anyway, Helen from Two Girls and a Laptop said, and it just resonated with me and I loved it so much that I did a whole podcast episode on it. But she said, I used to be a yoga instructor and I met this other yoga instructor and she basically said to me, there is enough yoga to go around. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that is awesome. It is so good. But I think it's really um, for businesses that are scared to do it, it comes back to you really need to be confident in your offer and your product. Otherwise you are going to be having that 
I guess it's the non-abundance mentality, isn't it? Where you're kind of like, no, this is my pool of customers. I can't share it. I can't share it. Mm. And again, it's like, but you can, you know, what is it that's blocking you? You've got to figure out that block, you know, because to me, a good, and I say this, a good business coach will always be able to help with mindset too. Mindset to me is something that is so undervalued by so many business owners. And it's a thing that, again, where so many of the blockages keep coming up. I couldn't agree more. There's so many people with social media strategy. I'm like, the reason you're not doing this has nothing to do with social media strategy. It has to do with the mindset stuff. It's the mindset, the fear. Uh, limiting yeah. beliefs it's, it's it's a combination you and know. Isn't business I always say business is like the number one like it's like the ultimate lesson in personal development <laughs> yes yep it is like you have to dig deep you know and yeah. I find those businesses who are willing to dig deep and work on the mindset will, will be those that will stick around much longer than those that are here for that quick fix oh so true because you have to work on stuff that's been ingrained in you for many years or your yeah. beliefs and you've got to start to rotate those chop and change those you know so yes now listen what a great episode today on how to create an effective social media strategy with your four key elements which is your brand element one your content strategy element number two element number three was your sales funnel or your selling system and element four was getting your traffic you know and those other ways that you spoke about that now for those that are out there going yeah 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 is there anyone that you think that this wouldn't work for no, it works for everyone. <laughs> works for everyone. They just have to be willing to put in. Again, this is another thing, hard work. So many yeah. people think that stuff is supposed to be easy. Again, if everyone was, if it was easy to be a billionaire, there'd be more people being billionaires. It takes hard work that you've got yeah. to put into set time aside. Oh, now okay. you've got some exciting things happening in the future. Would you like to share a little bit of those with us? Yeah, so I am running a free social media bootcamp, which is pretty much elaborating on everything that we spoke about today. It gives you the complete roadmap for social media success. So it's basically the framework that I have used with clients. And I was like, okay, should I give this away as a freebie? And yep. <laughs> labored like long and hard over it. And I always feel like if you're kind of at that point, you're giving just enough value away. So Yes. It's a three-part social media training. Um, and yeah, it's kicking off shortly. And if you're keen, you can join at stevysayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp. Dude, fantastic. And that's going to be for three days that so they're going to get all levels of awesomeness with you? Yeah. So it'll be a pop-up Facebook group uh, and there'll be three lessons delivered every two days to give you time to go through and actually action, fill out the workbooks and implement it into your business. Dude, that is fantastic. And if other people who may not be interested in the challenge, but would like to get to know a little bit more about you, whereabouts can they find you, hun? Uh, Stevie says social pretty much on all of the social media platforms. Funnily enough, I'm really active on Instagram. So that's probably the first one to, <laughs> um, to jump onto, but, and then Stevie says social.com as well. And you also have a podcast. I do. Funnily enough, it's called the Stevie Says Social. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate that. And for those of you, you know, not able to scribble fast enough, remember that my team and I will be putting together the whole transcriptions for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my active Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative. So head over there if you'd like to join an active Facebook group. For the rest of you, I hope you all have a fantastic day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to connecting with you on next week's episode. Have an awesome day, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson.
www.angelahenderson.com.au.